Glad to have the boys back. Tune in to a new episode of Nolan's Nose. Bringing you into the week zero this Saturday. The moment we've all been waiting for. College football season. Coming off a 126-99 overall record from the 2021 season. 56% for those of you who followed me on Twitter at CMeds11. Looking to have another repeat type of season for this year. 56%. Listen, just trying to get out winners to you guys. So I can't wait to do that. And also to myself, I am selfish. Need that money, need that cash. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Summer is the best time of year. And once you get to the end, it does get somewhat sad. But you remember, we have have college football and NFL look forward to in the fall. Full games on Saturdays, Sundays. Filled with beer, wings, nachos, whatever the fuck you guys get into. Not the greatest set of games this weekend, but just a little warm-up heading into actual week one with games starting Thursday through Labor Day Monday. One of the best weekends filled with college football and fantasy football drafts right before the NFL season kicks off that Thursday into September 11th, that Sunday. No, I will be in Vegas for opening day NFL Sunday, posted up at Circuit Pool, and hopefully win some cash, post some winners for you, you degenerates. Now, I won't get to... Review every game, every week. Most likely sticking to marquee matchups, the picks I like. Um, we have a few okay matchups in Nebraska, Northwestern, Wyoming, Illinois, uh, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTEP, and then your late night special, always Hawaii versus Vandy. If you haven't listened, you know, you follow college football at all. Everybody knows about Hawaii late-night games. Everybody. I mean, this is a 10.30. Usually they're 11.59, but, you know, we'll take it. You know, if you haven't listened to my first episode with the Big 12 preview, the biggest things I look for in each game are returning starters. I just think it's crucial to have that experience in college football. You know, gaining experience with the same teammates and knowing how to play together, uh, I think it's huge. When you have a majority of newcomers, transfers, or freshmen, or guys just getting their feet wet with real experience, it takes time to get used to the communication, overall trust, and just the speed of the game. Once you get to a higher level of playing sports, the game speeds up since you're going against better competition each and every single week. You know, from what you're used to at that lower level, it's high school, college, pros. You know, you experience it as you move on. Uh, but... Going into, we'll get into some games. I just want to, you know, give you an analysis, my picks of what I like, what I'm thinking, how I'm breaking it down. But, uh, you know, our first game at 1230 is Nebraska versus Northwestern and good old Dublin, Ireland at uh, 1230 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Spur is currently Nebraska minus 13, uh, coming off a 3-9 season, Nebraska Cornhuskers in 2021, and also... 
losing their starting quarterback, Adrian Martinez, who is now with the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, Casey Thompson takes over uh, starting quarterback as announced by Scott Frost. Restar transfer from Texas shows glimpses of being decent, but nothing outstanding. Uh, apparently, it was a strong competition between Thompson and Chubba Purdy, former Florida State quarterback, but uh, looks like uh, Casey Thompson's going to take over. Uh, Nebraska turns their two top rushers, Ramir Johnson and Jaquez Yant, but lose three other four top receivers to graduation in the NFL. Omar Manning returns as a senior, 6'4", 225, good frame, athletic. I think this offense will be a run first, as it usually is, and key factor will be how Thompson handles the offensive prowess. In this game against Northwestern, I would suspect Nebraska will be running the ball a majority of this time. Northwestern comes in as the ranked, 12th ranked rushing defense in the Big Ten, so I would expect them to you know, expose that. You know, last year, Nebraska ran for over 400 yards in a game, and it won game, 400 yards. Martinez had 200 of those alone. Just a quarterback running all over them. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. You know, on defense, their turn six of the front seven will be very tough to get by. You know, middle of the pack last season. No, this is Nebraska, not Northwestern, who I was just, you know, bashing on. Um, but uh, middle of the pack last season, the Big Ten defensive rankings, but I expect good things to come. Like I said, they got that experience going on uh, in their defensive front seven. Nebraska should be a better team than what we've seen in the past. Um, you know, however, Frost has yet to have a winning season since living, leaving UCF. Hopefully he can turn things around as it would greatly benefit the Big Ten if Nebraska becomes becomes a good team. Uh, you know, now going through Northwesterns, uh, they're also coming off a 3-9 and nine losing season while beating just Indiana State and uh, Indiana State, Ohio, and sadly my team, Rutgers. You know, from New Jersey, big Rutgers guys, loves them. I mean, who doesn't appreciate the pandemonium in Piscataway against Louisville that one year? It's crazy. But nevertheless, still lose to Northwestern when they're trash. But a lot of new starters last year than the year before from what they when they beat Auburn in the Citrus Bowl. Losing starting quarterback Ramsey and running back Drake Anderson. You have a lot of first-year players on the squad. On offense, the only notable player right now is old lineman Peter Skoronsky. They do return Holinsky at quarterback. who did have games where he showed he can compete against good teams, but overall, you know, not the greatest. On offense, they also return wide receivers Malik Washington and Bryce Kurtz, but lose their leading wide receiver from last year, Stephon Robinson Jr. So I would expect to see more of an air attack against Nebraska as Holinsky threw for over 250 with a TD and no INTs against them last season. You know, it's going to depend on the bowl control and if this defense can stop the run. Um, you know, speaking of the speaking of the defense, there are a lot of new faces around. Losing guys to graduation and transfer portal, but also gaining some in the transfer portal. However, it is still fresh and will take time to get used to playing with one another. To finally mesh. You know, sure, you have a few months worth of practice to get ready for moments like these, but nothing like being in the real game with the fans and the intensity as high it could be. You know, it takes time to adjust to that. You know, Pat Fitzgerald will have this team up and pumped to play out in Ireland, but this is no Ryan Field over in Chicago. 
No home field here. Weather shouldn't play much of a factor over there, but not too much wind. But could rain, as it always does over there. Would be worse for Northwestern if it did rain. But uh, my prediction is would go with Nebraska minus 13, but don't know if I'll take this official play. Tune into my Twitter feed, at CMeds11, for the official picks Saturday morning. If I jump on this one, you know, we'll see. I do think Nebraska has the edge and will win this one, but 13 points is a lot of points probably because Nebraska beat their ass so bad last season. On to the next game. Yeah, we're going to go Wyoming at Illinois. Illinois showing a minus 11.5, and honestly, I'm recording this right now. just looked at my phone up to 13, and you see just how you should jump on these lines. If you think it's a good line early on, you need to jump on it because you could lose out on that value, and that's what it's all about, gaining value early on. And, you know, some some guys hop on it really fast, see a ton of money coming in on the Illini right now. So, you know, and I think for a good reason. I'll explain why, but... uh you know, Wyoming travels to Champaign, Illinois, to take on a Big Ten team who has been lower-packed, you know, middle-packed, Big Ten, eh, probably lower, but Big Ten for quite some time. Things won't change this year for Illinois as they finish the 2021 season 5-7. and seven, seven. Lose starting quarterback Brendan Peters, who's in and out with injuries, but was a solid quarterback nonetheless. Uh, you know, that leaves two New Jersey guys, Art Sikowski and Syracuse transfer Tommy DeVito. To take over the offense, I would honestly hope to God they start DeVito. I can't believe Art Sikowski even plays quarterback for a Division One football team. No offense. You know, hey, he was over here at Rutgers, but it was good to see him move on. You know, he's he's just, he had a lot of trip struggles over here. It looked like he struggled last year over at Illinois. But um, don't be fooled by DeVito Stouts at Q's. He had one good year and had such a poor offensive line, and that team was just, terrible over there you know I think he actually does show some bright sides here and there and I think he could do pretty well with this team um, you know Illinois also returns leading rusher Chase Brown who ran for over a thousand yards a year ago they also return wide receivers Casey Washington and Isaiah Williams uh, they also bring back a rebuilt O-line with starters Alex uh, Pazowski and Julian Pearl Head coach Brett Dilemma, you know we'll be looking to improve this team definitely has been moving in the right direction after his first year will take some time to get all, you know, the pieces together. He brings in offensive coordinator Barry Looney Jr. from UTSA, who was behind that high-powered offense down in San Antonio a year ago. I mean, if you pay attention to UTSA, I was on them a lot. They were a good team. They could score the ball, move the ball. They actually beat Illinois last year, second game of the season. I was all over that, you know, which would I think he'll even help this Illinois team. It'll be, uh, they'll definitely be happy to see him on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, on the defensive side, you know, they finished as number 29 scoring defense in the nation in 2021. Yeah, looked to improve against the 85th scoring offense, Wyoming, who was, loses pretty much all their top offensive weapons. They lose both their quarterbacks from last year and Levy Williams, who transferred to Utah State, along with their top wide receivers, Everhart and Nair. They also lose their running back, Valaday, to Arizona. Uh, Arizona State, sorry. Wyoming's 2021 season. Ended 7-6, victory over Kent State in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Their first four games were against Montana State, Northern Illinois, Ball State, and UConn started 4-0. The rest of the season was downhill from there. They had another notable one against Utah State and Logan, Utah, which is impressive, actually. Utah was sneaky good last year and definitely will be good this year. But uh, 
losing this many weapons will be a huge problem coming into this 2022 season. Their defense returns after being ranked number 43 defense in 2021 and will be the strongest point of this team. Um, Andrew Peasley from Utah State takes over at quarterback, but only played a few games and got a few reps, but don't think he has a talent or experience to lead this team and beat Illinois or keep much of a game. You know, my official pick for this game, hop all over this if you can, if you can even get it anymore. But, you know, I have two units on the Illini. I'm going minus 11. I wanted it at minus 10. I waited, got minus 11. Good thing I got the hell in there at minus 11 before it went to 13. 13 is a lot of points, but I do think the Illini is going to shit all over this team. This Wyoming team is not good. You know, this Bologna team playing at home with a new quarterback, and returners with experience in key positions will be a lot for this Wyoming team with a lot of new faces at skill positions. Um, but, yeah, that's my pick. I'm going with the Illini minus 11 for two units officially. You'll see that on Saturday morning. Uh, next game I'll cover, we have North Texas at UTEP. Um, listed right now as a pick em, over under 54.5, 9 p.m. game Eastern Standard Time. You know, now when you hear... Both these teams, you don't exactly get too high for the games like these, but this will turn out to be a good game. This line being a pick 'em, you know, both predicted to finish middle of the pack in Conference USA. North Texas beating UTEP last season on a late field goal. Um, you know, UTEP was having a very good season comparatively to other recent seasons, and I expect them to do, still make a bowl this year like they did last. Um, North Texas brings back quarterback Austin Unz, who almost threw for over 2,000 yards a season ago and was 9 for 9, TDs to INTs. Nothing stands out in these stats, especially for Conference USA, but this team is and can show spurts of being good. You know, they started out terribly 1-6 last season, managed to go on a five-game winning streak to make his Bulls appearance. This included... A blowout one against, you know, UTSA. I don't think I took that one. Most positive I didn't because I remember North Texas won a roll, and this was one of the highlight games of their season. Um, but we'll see if they can ride that momentum into the 2022 season. They also bring back top junior wide receiver Roderick Burns, who received for over 800 yards in 2021. You know, this will give a familiar face to Owens to throw to. However, they unfortunately lose leading rusher DeAndre Torrey to the NFL who rushed for over 100 yards in 2021 and helped this North Texas team to be a top-five rushing team in the country. So they do know how to run the ball, but, you know, who's their top guy? Uh, but they do return Ragsdale and Adai, who, you know, helped and gave their fair share, got their fair share of handoffs in 2021. On the defensive side, North Texas returns their leading tackler, linebacker K.D. Davis, and also returns Larry Nixon to help. The real issue on defense is losing D-lineman twins Grayson and Gabriel Murphy both to UCLA. You know, who huge blow up that D-line? You know, it's fair to say they're off to bigger and better aspirations playing the Pac-12, but North Texas will be hurting as they lose their top sack leaders and defensive rushers. You know, they also lose their defensive tackle, Dion Noville, to the NFL. You can see this D-line will have its troubles adjusting to new personnel experience. You know, this team is not exactly a takeaway team as they only had six total INTs as a defense last season. Expect a lot of scoring against this team in 2022. Hopefully their offense can keep up. 
Uh, UTEP comes in 2022, coming off a 7-6-2021 record and lost to Fresno State 31-24 in the New Mexico Bowl. At one point, this team was 6-1, but then lost five of their last six games of the season. You know, North Texas won this matchup on that late field goal. UTEP looking for some revenge this year, coming on opening day in El Paso. And, you know, they got Sumer's week, too, so we could chalk that up as a loss right here and now. So they want this game. And it's a conference game. So, you know, the intensity is there. These teams are familiar with each other. They see each other every year. You know, there's they know them. But uh, UTEP returns junior quarterback Gavin Hardison, who threw for over 3,200 yards and was 18 of 13 touchdowns to interceptions in 2021. Big year last year for Hardison as he gained good experience in a winning season for the Miners and made them somewhat irrelevant in the conference, you'll say, at least in hopes to repeat that this season. Uh, Ronald Awat returns as their leading rusher from a season ago and also returns back up Deion Hankins to split carries and take the load off for a lot. On the receiving end, they lose their top two wide receiver, Jacob Cowling, transferred to Arizona, and then Justin Garrett to graduation. You know, these will be the biggest shoes to fill and could give Harrison some issues in the passing game. I would expect UTEP to run the shit out of the ball against this D-line and would expect Hardison to have all the time in the world to throw the ball. As I mentioned before, this North Texas team does not get any interceptions, so he should be okay. On defense, senior linebackers Breon Hayward, Tyrese Knight return and lead the team in, t- in tackles a season ago. They'll look to lead this defense and improve from a season ago. A lot of returners on defense full of veteran juniors and seniors, which would be huge playing in this conference. Uh, they returned DN Jadrian Taylor, who led the team in sacks a season ago, and junior defensive end Praise Amuwale. Defensive tackle Keen Stewart and Kelton Moss return on the defensive front as well. They do lose defensive back in Yang, but return DBs Barnes and Richardson and Wilson to pick up that slack. You know, this defense returns a lot. I expect them to prove from the number 53-ranked uh, scoring defense from a season ago. You know, this team has experience to bring back a lot. You know, unfortunately, it had a couple, took a couple hits at wide receiver. But, you know, I'm taking UTEP money line on this for two units as well. This team could play. And coming off from that last season and then coming into this season, I think they can take this North Texas team and at home. You know, I think the... I can't believe this is still a pick. I did see a move to North Texas minus one, and I couldn't believe it even moved that way. But hop on it now, get it. I think UTEP will become a favorite by game time. Get it at the pick them, take them. But uh, you know, give me the UTEP miners to win this and go win, go into Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, one and zero. Our next matchup is going to be Nevada at New Mexico State, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. La Cruces, La Cruces, New Mexico. Uh, Nevada's coming in as nine-point favorites, over under 15.5. You know, classic Mountain West going against the almighty independent team, New Mexico State. Now, this line jumps out here because Nevada only minus nine against the New Mexico State team that struggled playing D1 AA teams in that spring ball 2021 D1 AA season, you know, Due to that, their fall season being canceled in 2020 because of COVID. But, you know, I actually tuned in for that. I thought it was interesting. It's cool to have some type of spring ball. Um, 
around, you know, football, you know, you try doing the professional leagues, nobody cares, but, you know, the D1 AA, they, uh, it gets a little interesting, you know, people care about football, we'll watch that, it's actually something to play for, but I thought it was a cool thing. Nevertheless, New Mexico State, you know, struggle with some of those teams over there, so them competing in, you know, regular D1, it's, you know, you're not used to that, but, uh, this Nevada team has lost, lost a lot of players from last season. You know, gained a few transfers, but none that could live up to Carson's strong talent level. The quarterback job looks to be Nate Cox, but still battling with Shane Illingworth, transferred from Oklahoma State with not much experience. I think Cox might be named. That I I couldn't find really any information if he officially has been. I would suspect it's him because Illingworth is not anything special either. Nate Cox has actually played here a year ago, but uh, didn't get much experience, obviously. But, you know, this team... This almost feels like a trap line. It makes you think twice before taking a game like this. You know, Nevada does return running back to a towel and will pretty much be the only returner at these skilled positions aside from a couple of turns on O-line. I wouldn't be surprised if this was their main point of attack going into this game. They um, lose around five wide receivers from last season who did get reception, receptions and experience with strong throwing to them. Losing number one wide receiver Romeo Dubes to the Green Bay Packers will be the biggest hit to this receiving crew. You know, it looks like as soon as Strong was gone, everyone else hit the road and considered the 22 season to be fucked for Nevada. They do bring in new transfers on the offensive end, but a lot of names from big schools but don't have much game time experience. On the defensive side, Nevada returns around four starters. They do lose their top three linebackers, but bring in four-star transfer Elijah Winston from USC to help heal this linebacking crew. They do return Hammond and Peterson on this line, but uh, defensive line, but lose defensive tackle Tristan Nichols, who led the defense with 10 sacks last season. They do return a few of their defensive backs from last season and are seniors, so they do have experience in the, in the secondary. You see more experience with this team on the defensive side, but definitely a lot of question marks on the offensive end. They do lose head coach Jay Norvell, took the head coaching job over at Colorado State. That's where you see some of these position players, like a few wide outs, I think, followed them there. Um, now Ken Wilson returns to the program after a few years stint with Oregon. Um, he was a previous assistant with Nevada for a number of years and is now named head coach and will have his hands full of leading a lot of new guys. Uh, this run now on the other side of the ball. This run first New Mexico State football team returns their QB uh, Dino Maldano, who only threw for 500 yards. So, you know he's a runner too. They do lose their leading rusher from 2021, Jawan Price, to Syracuse, but returner. But their next leading rusher, Samuel's and Escobar, come back. They. They lose almost all their receivers from 2021 season. You know, it's not too big of a deal there, I guess, because they just don't throw the ball as much. Um, Maldonado did spread the ball out to a number of different wide receivers, so you see some experience with some of their returners, just not a ton of time, a ton of receptions. Um, on the defensive end, they return four of their five linebackers from last year and three other uh, four defensive linemen. You see this... Front seven has a lot of experience playing together and could help falter this running game of Nevada. You know, I think that's Nevada's strong suit right now, so it could be a good matchup for New Mexico State. They did not rank well this season against the run, but hopefully the front seven experience will help improve that stat this season. The secondary also 
Only loses a couple guys as well, bringing back seniors and juniors with experience. Head coach Jerry Kill makes a move to New Mexico State, coming over from TCU as the interim head coach after the departure of Patterson. Jerry does bring in a lot of experience and, you know, plays for coach for a Power 5 school, so it's good for these kids to learn from him. Um, this is a tough one to bet. I'm going to probably... I think I'm going to put a unit on the under at 50 and a half. Right now it's lean, but yeah, I think I'm going to take it. But uh, I'm going to keep keep an eye on this line. I want to see if it does move at all. But uh, it could change. I could change my mind. But, you know, as mentioned before, tune in Twitter. Post my picks before uh, all the games at CMEDS11. So tune in there as well. But... Both teams have questionable offenses, while both their defense look to be stronger than the season before. Uh, both these defenses have ranked among the worst overall from the last year, but bringing back those experience, especially for New Mexico State, New Mexico State will help. I just think this over no, under number is fishy as well, since both teams are coming off terrible defensive seasons, and you know it's somewhat kind of low for both these teams. You know, however, Nevada does lose a ton of offense. And New Mexico loses a few guys at key positions as well. I'm still going to, I think I'm going to take the under uh, of 50 and a half. All right, on to the next game. Your good old Vanderbilt at Hawaii. 1030 Eastern time game. Vandy minus eight over under 53 and a half. Nothing better than a late night action game with Hawaii. And I mentioned it before at the beginning of the show. If you're a college football fan, you know Hawaii late night betting. And it's awesome. Unfortunately, this year might be a little different. Might be going against Hawaii, but, uh, you know, nothing beats it. Hawaii finished the 2021 season 6-7 and seven with really only one notable win coming against Fresno State. There was a bit of a shakeup with this coaching staff and pretty much players being unhappy with head coach Todd Graham. Players said he took the passion and fun out of the game. It's very possible this did happen. I don't know what actually happened or what was said. I know he did have a complaint that Hawaii never had Dr. Pepper in their vending machines, and uh, I do think he has a point there. I mean, nobody wants to be drinking motherfucking Dr. Pip out there. Come on. We want Dr. Pepper. Get on the goddamn Dr. Pepper. Anyway, he's gone as it is, so they bring in uh, former player Timmy Chang for his first head coaching gig. Um. Hawaii loses their starting wide receiver, uh, Siobhan Cordero, to the transfer porter, portal. He will be now with San Jose State Spartans. You know, another team in the Mountain West. So it seems that the returner, uh, Brady and Schaefer, will take over at uh, quarterback for the squad. I'm sure we'll have a short leash if he struggles. They do bring in transfer Joey Ellen from Pitt and Cam Cooper from Utah for the QB contention. They do also lose running back Day Day Hunter, but return senior uh, Diedrich Parson, who split carries last season. On their season end, they lost their two top wide receivers, Martiner and Smart, but do return Bowens and get Christopher Jackson from BYU through the transfer portal. On the defensive end, uh, Hawaii, that is, and the Rainbow Warriors, I thought that got taken away a number of years ago. I thought, uh, you know, Whatever it is, the they didn't like the word rainbow in there, so they'll just be called the Warriors. But oh, I love the name. But uh, Rainbow Warriors, uh, I mean, can't beat that. 
Uh, but anyways, on the defensive end, they return two of their three top linebackers and also bring in transfer Kalana Makala from USC. They do bring in Matteo Soli from the Razorbacks, you know, a little SEC blood to try and bring some kind of talent uh, to this D-line. <clears throat> they also lose a ton in their secondary and only bring back one defensive back from the 2021 season in Hewitt Nelson. A lot of action with the transfer portal in this Team pretty much starting with a whole new team with a lot of new faces. Might be a long season for this Rainbow Rainbow Warrior team. You know, now on to the Commodores of Vanderbilt over in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Hell, I went to Nashville for um, New Year's, and I gotta tell you, what a what a good time! It's actually a pretty cool city. A lot of bars on that uh, main road, Hollywood, I think it is, but. Uh, Awesome city. Check it out. Vanderbilt's out of there. Awesome at uh, baseball, but uh, not so awesome at football. You know, now seeing this team as a nine-point favorite as their opener away in Hawaii makes you do a double take. This team was 2-10 and ten a season ago, and their only two wins came against the shitty fucking Yukon Huskies in Colorado State, who also sucked. In both games, Yukon, they beat by two, Colorado State they beat by three. So a total of five points is their win margin. You know, they lost to a D1 AA team at East Tennessee State, for Christ's sake. I mean, they're just as bad as Hawaii. This is the, this is the tough part. I mean, they do, have some, they do have some returners that are pretty good, actually. But uh, right at starting quarterback, he did also split time with uh, Ken Seals a season ago. Both threw for over a thousand yards, but there's a reason both these um, quarterbacks split time because they both stink. Now I do think Mike Wright is the right one to start in this position, but it's, it's not saying much. Wright can run the ball, which makes him a dual threat quarterback. Vandy also does return both its uh, running backs from a season ago, which will help this run game. They do return two of their main four wide receivers, but lose their number one wide receiver, Chris Pierce Jr., to the NFL. Um, on the defensive end, they do return their linebacking crew and most of their D linemen, and most are upperclassmen with experience. So this team does not get to the quarterback whatsoever, though. Only had nine sacks last season. People will say, well, you know, they play in the SEC. I agree and all, but to compete at all in the conference really to not compete at all really says something i mean they get dominated i mean did you see the georgia game i mean i think it was 62 to nothing the guy threw for like 15 yards and it was mike wright but uh you know they just need to pick they need to do something over there because it's it's bad um mike clark lee returns in his second year as head coach uh Defensive mind coach coming from Notre Dame and a few other teams. You know, this is his first gig as head coach, defensive minded coach. Hopefully he could turn it around as they do. Return some guys, it's just they were so terrible last year. I can't see them turning this season around, especially playing in the SEC. I'm going to stay away from this game right now. It's tough to pick a side here. Vandy has the experience and has played against the toughest competition around, but only two wins, and those two wins were against UConn and Colorado State is not good. On the other hand, Hawaii has a ton of new faces, including head coach, including their head coach. Um, it'll take time for these guys to play together and win together. Staying away right now is nine points is a lot to play here, especially for Vanderbilt. I mean, they even win a fucking game by a 
combined, all their games, more than nine points last year. That's almost double. Um, if anything, I'd lean towards Hawaii with the points at home just because, you know, it's always tough to play over there on the island. Um, but that's – I'm just going to stay away. I'm probably not even going to pick that on Saturday either. I just wanted to do your late-night Hawaii game just because I'm a fan of theirs. Or a fan of the spot, at least, because it's always some late-night action. There's some other games out there I'm not going to give a review for because I really don't have a feel for the games or the picks. You know, you have Florida Atlantic taking on Charlotte, which I think will pan out to be a good game. They're both Conference USA, and they both return a lot on their offense. I expect a high-scoring game, but I'm going to stay away from that one. Uh, there's also UConn and Utah State. It's like a 27-point spread. Who the hell cares? I mean, UConn was so terrible a year ago, and Utah's actually all right. I mean, 27 points is so much that... It just would stay away. There's just really no point to even get involved with that. Um, some D1 teams playing some D1 AA teams. I mean, nothing crazy. So I'm going to stick with those. But those were my plays. That's what I'm going to take. Illinois, minus 11 for three units. The um, I'm sorry, for two units, for two units. Um UTEP for two units, and then I'm going to take that under, actually, with the Nevada game at 15 and a half. Uh, but, you know, that's going to do it for me for week zero. You know, it's a little shorter, but we're going to pick up how the weeks come. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more games coming up, a lot more analysis of the games. But uh, please subscribe, download this week's episodes, and follow all future ones. Like and comment at CMEDS11. I'll read some uh, comments with my reactions once we get some good ones rolling, good or bad. But, uh, yeah, check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys listen to. But until then, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy this week's, this weekend's college football appetizer. Thank you.